to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians 4, I appreciate these good testimonies tonight, and uh, what a blessing it always is, isn't it? Good worship, and and uh, just God's been working in so many great ways, and and it just keeps getting better, and I'm thankful for that. I appreciate people that are hungry for the Word of God. In one place, God speaks to Jeremiah, and He says, they're hearing you preach my Word, but... They're listening to you the same way they would listen to a song. Did you know God said that? See, this is different than that. We don't just go through this to hear someone say, hey, I like that. But when you hear the Word of God, you've got to say, you know what? Maybe God's trying to tell me something. You've got to apply it to your life. It's not always comfortable, but that's the, the goal of the Word of God is to wash us, to, to sanctify us. Jesus said, sanctify them in thy truth. Thy Word is truth, O Lord. Amen. The book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, talks about being washed by the water of the Word. We have to come and not just... Uh, Try to say, wow, that, that was really interesting, or I really enjoyed that. Good, good, but, but not the point. The point is, God, talk to me. Help me build. I love preaching and Bible teaching that I can build my life on. It might challenge me, often does, but, but it's there to make me better. And I pray, that is my prayer, that God would do just that in uh, 2 Corinthians 4. Let's ask God to help us. Father, we know we can't do it without you. Thank you for your word. Lord, it's so rich. It's so beautiful, God. And, and Lord, it's, it's alive and it's powerful, God. And Lord, speak to us. Help us, Lord, to hear what you have for us, Lord. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for what you will do. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 says, for which cause we faint not. Don't give up. But though our outward man perish. Anybody feel like that today? You feel like the the weakness of this earthen vessel we have a treasure in, right? Some days you feel it more than others. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Paul said, though our outward man perish, yet... The inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction. You know we're going to talk about that. That light affliction that Paul was going through. Which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at things that are seen but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. God bless you. You can be seated. So I was saying earlier, I believe there's some times that we're facing things and God's already got what we need if we pay attention. I think sometimes, and I try my best to 
make sure you have God has your attention. Because I feel like sometimes when we're stumbling and we're struggling and we're not winning battles, that God's going to tell you, hey, tried to get you ready for this. Were you paying attention? I want to pay attention to God. Bible says, Paul was saying, we faint not for this cause. He, I think he was talking about himself and the apostles and their ministry and the things they were going through, but he was telling them to say, take this on as an example for you. Don't quit. Don't grow faint. Don't grow weary in well-doing. And he makes it very clear this outward man is weak. Like I said, it, it's more obvious some days than others. We feel the, the battle. We feel our weakness. Don't give up. Recognize where your focus needs to be. This outward man perishes. Some days you're going you're gonna to realize, I, I don't have what it takes. But I need to recognize that through God... I, all things are possible. God's going to remind us. God's going to allow us to remember how weak we are. Reading there in the book of Judges, and we're going to talk a little bit about Judges here a little bit, but in another place, there's a, a man who was getting ready to fight a battle. And you know what God said? God said, you got too many people in your, in your army. Gideon, I want you to send some of them home today. What are you talking about? I want everybody to know that you didn't win this battle because you were strong. You won this battle because God was with you. That's scary. When God says, hey, you recognize your weakness so that you can recognize my strength. And that I want everybody to know, not how awesome you are, but how awesome I am. Right. Amen? Yeah. By the time it was over, I forget how big the army was that they were coming against, but the Bible, I believe, says that the, the land was just covered like grasshoppers. And God honed down Gideon's army to about 300. And I heard preachers all my life talk about the reason that they went down to the water and the reason they did this. They wanted to make sure they had watchful and vigilant soldiers. That had nothing to do with it. He just wanted them to have a weak, small army. So that when the victory came, everybody could give God the glory. Amen. Hey, I thank God for just us appreciating one another. But we know where the strength really lies. In ourselves, we are just misfits. But God is awesome. And to God always be the glory. He said our outward man perishes, but day by day this inward man is renewed. Part of that's up to us, isn't it? How many times can we get busy? How many times can we get distracted and caught up in things and, and not get renewed in the Spirit. We can open up our Bibles, but our eyes just go over the words and we're not really getting nourished and fed. Amen? We go through our prayers and never really get in the Spirit. You need that. 
You need God's Spirit more than ever before. You need to be filled with the Spirit. It's not in you. that You need to be renewed day by day. Hallelujah. We're not interested in coming to church and, and trying to be careful that we don't offend anybody because of how we pray in the Spirit and, and allow the Holy Ghost to move. That's our strength. That's our renewal. We can't do it without God's Spirit. Paul said our light affliction. How could he talk about light affliction? You've read it. We've talked about it. Different times he was beaten. Different times he was shipwrecked and, and going without. But, but he's saying it's light affliction because he's looking comparatively to, to what God is trying to do. And he said this is just temporary. But God's working. Hey, listen. When you're going through affliction, God is working. This light affliction is but for a moment worketh for us. The affliction works for you. Sometimes we're in such a hurry to say, remove affliction. And God's saying, it's working in you. Well, praise God. I don't like it too much either. So that's okay. But it's the truth. It's what it says. Our light affliction is only for a moment, but it works a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's what we're looking at. Not at my comfort zone, but God, what are you doing? Not at, not at my, my battle, but look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. While we look not at things which are seen. You can get your focus on all the negativity, but stop for a moment and start getting your focus on God. Didn't we just talk about this a little while ago? Well, we must still need it. But things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Get your prayers. Get your focus on God. I want, I, I want to understand what you're doing for eternity. When we don't receive an immediate answer to our prayers... That doesn't mean God's not listening. Amen. When we don't receive an immediate miracle, that doesn't mean God's not working. Sometimes we have to look past the, the temporary, past the, the, the obvious, can I say, that what is visible and look at things which are not seen. Amen. I'll say amen. Got to look at what God's trying to do. Got to try to tune in to the Spirit. You can't do that worrying all day. You can't do that bickering and fighting amongst one another. You got to get in the Spirit and say, God, give me eyes to see. Amen. Give me ears to hear. You remember this was something God told Isaiah in Isaiah 6. But we see it over and over again. Jesus saying it and Paul talking about it. You got eyes, but you don't see. You got ears, but you don't hear. Your heart has become hardened because the Spirit of God's trying to work. And you got, you're, you're tuned out to that. You're looking at the things which are temporary and God's trying to wake you up in the Spirit. Amen. God is working. God is talking. 
Sometimes we might slack, but God's not slacking. Sometimes we don't seek God like we ought to, but He seeks. Sometimes we're not listening to God like we ought to, but He's talking. Amen. He's active. He's alive. We are so carnal. And the problem isn't in God, it's in us. And that's what we need to focus in on. It's not that God's not talking. It's that, God, I need to hear you. And if you can be honest, we struggle with that. My God's ability is not up for debate. He is well able. But my ability to hear from Him, I've got to work on that. My ability to be led by Him. My ability to get everything out of the way. Amen. That might be hindering Him. You say, oh, I don't know about that. He said your sins have separated you from me. He talks about pride, resisting pride. So there's some things that I can say, God, dig a little deeper in me. Look what it says in in the book of Mark. The ninth chapter. Talking about a very desperate situation. A young man that's got a, a spirit in him. That is causing him to want to commit suicide. That's a demonic spirit. Amen. Mark nine twenty two. This man is talking about his boy to Jesus at all times. It cast him into the fire and into waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. I want to say it again. God's ability is not up for debate. He's not on trial. But God, what about me? Amen. We're living in a day, whether you like to admit it or not, we struggle with unbelief more than we want to admit and God's trying to stir us up. And God's trying to get the fear out of us. And the, and, and the, the, the anxiety and the, and the worry and the doubt out of us. Amen. He says, if you can do anything, have compassion to help us. Jesus turned it right around on him. Amen. He didn't mince words. He didn't try to soft soap it. He says to him, if thou canst believe. I can do it. Can you believe it? All things are possible to him that believeth. Hallelujah. Straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears. I don't want to get off track, but I think there need to be more tears in the house of God sometimes. Sometimes we can be too proud and not, not recognize. Pride is kind of one of those things that sneak up on you. You need to be humble enough that you can cry and say, you know what, I I might not be right where I need to be, but I sure do need God. The Bible says He answered. He received that. He received that. Hey, I can do it. Can you believe? And it, it broke something in Him. He recognized His own weakness. And He said, Lord, I believe. Help my thou my unbelief. You know, I've preached it so many times. I 
I love that honesty. It wasn't proud. It wasn't throwing it back on Jesus. He took it. Took it like a man. A man who knows how to cry. And when he came broken and said, I do believe, but help my unbelief, God honored that. It was, and let me say it again, it wasn't, there's no arrogance here. There was no, hey, nobody's perfect, you know. No, it was, I, I, I should be doing better. Amen. My faith. I haven't been in this long enough to be able to say, Oh, my faith is right where it needs to be. I need to look and sometimes we can talk a lot, but dig down in a little bit. God search me and try me and see if there be some something in me. Amen. Because it's not God's ability. Don't point your finger at God. Look at yourself and say, God, what about me? What about me? Where do I lack? Where, where, where is there something in me, God? I know that's offensive to a generation today that 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 want to just just be pat on the back and you got to hey we got to be able to say God I you you're perfect I need to, I need to trust more I need to believe more I know sometimes we look at our situations and we look at you can back up and look at all the things you've ever been through and say look at my trouble look at my problem look at my circumstance look at my battle and you can, you can describe the timeline of your life in a way it just seems like everything is, is going wrong. But listen to me. Those are situations that God is working in to make you stronger. When one person says, look at this battle, look at this battle, look at this battle... You ought to be saying, look at this victory, look at this victory, look at this victory. Amen. And that each victory will work in you. Amen. You know how you get stronger? You're going to have to experience some, some pressure, some adversity. And the interesting process behind that is when you start pressing against things that are pressing back at you, it's going to cause trauma. It's going to cause tears and rips in your muscles. But you know what? They heal and you get stronger. And you grow. That's how God put that in you. That you don't, you, you begin to wear away if you don't start to, start to experience stress and pressure. But you know what? When you meet that and press on, it'll build strength in you. God told us here in 2 Corinthians that you got to look at what God's trying to do. You're lo- you look at the negative, look at how God's trying to strengthen you. And you say, hey God, hey, I- I'm ready to, to take that on. To-, to use that strength for your kingdom. He's got a purpose in this. He's got a plan in this. He's got something for an eternal weight of glory. It's not about everything going my way. It's about God. How do you want to get me? He is equipping you with a purpose. He's investing in you. Bringing victory in your life so you can be strong enough to help others get victory. Help others recognize God's faithful. He's going to help you. 
you can start carrying other people's burdens. You can start lifting the load and being somebody that can be leaned on. Amen. Look what it says in the book of James, the first chapter. You get stronger with every trial. That's the will of God. Not, oh, no, not again. Not, oh, this isn't fair. This isn't right. It's God. What are you doing in me to help me to have another victory and be stronger again and use everything that I've learned to face today? Amen. Some of you listen on on old messages online or or on CDs. Maybe some of you still. Can you imagine talking about CDs or something old fashioned now? <laughs> Amen. I, you know, I, I just like to get filled up with the word. I I I found an old reel to reel player years ago back in a corner of our church and found a bunch of preaching. I said, man, I'll, I'll listen on a reel to reel. I don't care. I just want to hear the Word. I want to hear the Word. Amen? Some of you, uh, some of you taking notes, man, get back in there and see what God's trying to say to you. Take it home with you. Look through it and say, hey, you know what? God told me that last year and I'm still not doing it. Look at that. Five years ago when he was trying to work on me. Am I any better? Look at it and examine yourself. God's talking to you. Are you? Is it helping you grow? Because that's the plan. This isn't a waste of time. God's got something far exceeding of weight of glory for us. When we learn what He's trying to teach us. Amen. I, I can tell you there's some things that I... I can tell you the battles that I've fought and burdens I've carried that I've hated. I've talked to God about about the cross I have to carry at times and said, God, I I I don't I know a cross isn't fun. But I want you to know that I know that. <laughs> but I can tell you that I've seen things unfold that I say thank you for that. Not in spite of it, but because of it, it's brought strength in me. Amen. And I do everything I can to help somebody else who's weak and struggling to say, hey, you know what? You can, you can make it. God's going to help you. Did you turn to James 1? My brethren, now don't get angry at James. He's just obeying God. But he says, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, different kind of tests, different kind of trials. Temptation isn't just the devil trying to pull you to sin, but trying to cause you to give up, get weary and faint. Tests, trials. That's what he's talking about. And he says, count it all joy. What is wrong with him? Why? Knowing this. That there's something being worked in us. I need, this, I need to plug into the Spirit of God saying, work, Lord. That's hard for me to do. Let God work on me. You know, the doctors say this might sting a little bit. You say, get out of here. Run out of there. You quack. 
Whatever you got to do, just make me better. Hey, listen. Sometimes God says it's going to sting a little bit. This is working, knowing that the trying of your faith, the trial of your faith, is working in you. Working in you uh, the ability to keep on going, patience. To be able to bear the burden and still have joy, still have stability. Sister was testifying tonight about just going through the trouble, but you still got stability. You still have your testimony. You're not just just losing your mind, but you you got a stability. That's patience. To endure some things with cheerfulness, right? And when patience has her perfect work, you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. That means my trials are making me stronger. God's working even when I haven't gotten my miracle yet. Even when I have to say, I don't understand why some miracles don't happen quicker. Isn't that just the way it always happens in the Bible? Trials of your faith are working something far more exceeding weight of glory sometimes. you got to let God work. We talked about it earlier. Learning how to lean on God. We go through some easy times, and after a while, you know, we don't really have to get in the Spirit. We don't really have to pray day by day, getting, getting renewed by Him, as the Word of God says. We're doing all right. And then troubles come, and we struggle trying to get in the Spirit. Hey, we need to be filled. We need to be filled. Your best is not good enough to fight the devil. Your best is not good enough to overcome the test and the trial. You need to be filled with the Spirit. There's no other way. That's the only way you can get into His kingdom. That's the only way you can endure to the end. To be filled with Him. Because with Him there's strength. With Him there's direction. With Him the fruit of the Spirit is going to work in you. Because your flesh is going to get messed up. The works of the flesh are... Well, that's all of us. we got flesh. So if we're not filled with the Spirit, the flesh is going to have place. It's going to have uh, uh, an inroad in our lives to, to get carnal. And we can all say, well, nobody's perfect. You know, we're just human. Well, we're not walking in that. We're walking in, our, in the Spirit. So when it seems like the most ridiculous thing, you can still bear fruit of peace and joy and love because you're walking in the Spirit. That doesn't mean you're not struggling, you're not hurting, you're not, not, not facing trials, but you're not doing it carnal. You're doing it with the strength of God. God's working. God's working. I, I hear people ask me often, different situations, different circumstances, well, you know, where, where's the miracle? Why doesn't God just move? And, and sometimes if you read the Bible... You know, you don't realize just how much time passes. You just think, man, every step of the way is just another miracle, another miracle, another miracle. I'm telling you what, there were times where where they waited on God. I, I don't know how a lot of people feel about this, but you look at times before great miracles, people struggled for a while. Before they came out of Exodus, uh, out of Egypt in Exodus, there was a lot of years where they're saying, God, where are you? Before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there was a lot of trials and struggles going on. 
A lot of prayers being prayed. A lot of people wondering what, where, what happened to God. But the miracle is on its way. We are living in a day before a great event. The second coming of Jesus. Amen. And there's a battle. And the Bible talks about the devil knowing his time is short coming against us. We need to keep our eyes on God. We need to learn how to lean. Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes we're trying our best, but how good are we doing? God, I've got a lot to learn. How much of, where are my prayers really getting, getting down into it? Am I, am I allowing that distraction? Hey, if you think you can do it on your own strength, you're not leaning on Him. We also need to learn how to lean on one another. I know this is a struggle for a lot of people. I know we come to the house of God sometimes and we've just been through some things and we've been hurt. But God's trying to get us through that. This is what I was talking about. I was reading in the book of Judges about a, uh, about a town. Judges 18. Turn with me. Judges 18. Now, the last few chapters of Judges are just just a crazy story. Several stories that are kind of interlocked, really. Probably about three or four, maybe. Just kind of one after another of situations that... And this whole story just begins by God saying at this time in Israel's history, every man was doing that which is right in his own eyes. And you see this, the foolishness, the sinfulness. You see idolatry. You see perversion. You see all kind of brutality. In the midst of this, there's a lot of different things we can pull out of these few chapters. In the midst of this, it says in Judges 18, verse 27, it talks about... Well, let me back up a bit there. Judges 18. And... uh, let me get it. I don't have it in my notes. I want to turn to it quickly if I can. It talks about a town called Laish. And if you back up into verse 7, it says, Then the five men departed and came to Laish and saw the people that were therein, how they dwelt careless. After the manner of the Zidonians. They must have, must have learned it from the Zidonians. They're just carefree people. And it says, they were careless after the manner of the Zidonians, quiet and secure. There was no magistrate. They, didn't, they, they were just kind of easygoing folks. They didn't bother themselves with a lot of people. They kind of kept to themselves. They didn't have a lot of that leadership, really. And it says, they may put them to shame in anything. They were far from the Zidonians and had no business with any man. Seems like that worked for them for a while. I don't need any help. I'll do well on my own. We just live carefree. I don't need any leadership in my life. I don't need any leagues or pacts with neighboring cities. We're just careless, carefree, peaceful. 
We got no problems. We're not bothering anybody. Nobody bothers us. So we're not concerned about having any leadership or any alliances with anybody else because we're doing just fine. But a day came when they got under attack. And it dropped down into verse 27. Look what it says. And they took the things which Micah had made and the priests which he had and came unto Laish unto the people that were at quiet and secure. Here's these carefree people, quiet and secure. And they smote them with the edge of the sword and burnt the city with fire. And there was no deliverer because it was far from Zidon. And they had no business with any man. It was the valley that lieth in Bethrehob. And they built a city and dwelt therein. The very same wording of what they felt was quality. Hey, I do pretty good on my own. I don't need anybody. But it came down to a place where they should have been able to learn how to call for help. Amen? They needed to learn that, hey, you know what? You're not going to be all right. You're going to need somebody to lead you, somebody to help you, somebody to stand by you. Because, Because everybody needs help once in a while. There's no shame to that. But somehow they got this quality. I, did, I got my own thing going on. I'll be all right. We'd never had any problems up till now. Hey, God told us very clearly how we need to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But we're going to need one another. That's not always easy. I know. I, I look in the mirror. I see what kind of guy you got to get along with. None of us are perfect. We brag about one another, but we know we have faults. And we know, we know that, that uh, hey, we all just need God. But sometimes you just need somebody to be there. Somebody to pray with you. Somebody to fight the, the, the devil that's trying to tell you to give it up. Amen. Somebody talk sense to you when you don't really know where you're up from down. God's going to... These folks from Laish thought they had it going on. They thought everybody else was weirdos. We're, 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 we're carefree. We don't need any of this. Everything's quiet. We're secure. But the battle came. They found out, you know what? Wait. We have no way to get in touch with the Zidonians. We have no way to get in touch with our neighbor. We've cut that off a long time ago thinking we wouldn't need them. And now they were defeated. We don't have time to beat one another down. We don't have time to, to pick apart faults and failures and try to look for reasons why we don't need anybody. Amen. Because a time is going to come. You say, well, I don't, I've heard preachers say it. I've heard, I've heard say, I, I don't need anybody but God. That's not what the Bible teaches. He's put us together with, with ministry. and The Bible says, mark that perfect man. Well, look at those that have maturity and strength and, and look at those that God's put in your life. Learn and grow and, and be a part of trying to sharpen them like iron sharpens iron. Amen? Because there is going to come a time God's working. I told somebody here while just, just not too long ago, I was talking to them and they were saying they were going through some things and I said, I'm praying for you. He said, I need that. And I said, if you ever need anything, Give me a call. And they said, well, I just need God to help me. I said, you know, sometimes, sometimes God will use a brother or sister to help you. That's just as much God. 
Don't be proud. Don't act like it's just got to come down out of heaven through. Sometimes it's just, sometimes it's the good Samaritan that gets you there before you're dead. Right? And I looked at him and said, sometimes God God helps you like that. And sometimes you just need somebody. I just want you to know I'm available. You would have thought I I said something offensive. Like, who do you think you are? Just looking at me like I was some, hey, I'm not anybody, but I want to help when I can. I know in my life, God's helped me through people more times than I can imagine. There's times where I know somebody's praying for me, huh? Right? Sometimes I just know somebody praying. I felt the reinforcements come through. But there's other times it's just as much God when somebody comes by and says, Hey, I had you on my heart. Just as much God when they say, Hey, can I help you with this? Is there something I can do? Can I help lift a burden? That's just as much God. God gets the glory from it. Amen. Don't ever think you can be secure and carefree and I don't need anybody because God's working even when we don't see what's going on and it's not as quick and it's not as obvious, God is working. Sometimes He'll work through people. Sometimes He'll work through people too. Don't, don't beat down your team. Don't tear them down. Build them up. When you see weakness, build them up. I'm not saying just to you, just I got to agree with everything, but work on helping people. Edify. Edify, build somebody up, help them do better, help them be stronger. Because God is working and sometimes you're going to need that someday. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, we read these few verses, but I want to close with one more verse we usually leave out. Hebrews 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. We've read this countless times over the years. Verse 27 says, By faith he forsook Egypt, Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Sometimes God seems invisible, doesn't he? Sometimes you wonder, God, what are you doing? Job, at one point, said, I looked over to my right hand. He wasn't there. I looked over to my left. I didn't see him working there either. But God's all through that book. Amen. You've heard maybe preaching about the book of Esther. The word God, Lord, is not in that book. But God's on every line. Amen. You remember the the men who were just leaving after the crucifixion, saying we trusted that He was going to come and save Israel, but we can't figure out what happened. It just, I guess we missed it. And Jesus was right there with them, talking with them along the road, and they didn't even recognize Him. God is working. But we need to tune in and say, okay, God, I want you to, 
I, I want to hear you more clearly than I've ever heard you before. I believe this is important. I believe God's getting us ready for, for end times. As things go on and proceed till Jesus returns, we're not going to be able to just be carnal, leaning on our own flesh, our own understanding. and We're going to have to be plugged in, engaged, filled with His Spirit, working together. Listening, paying attention, digging down deeper, purifying ourselves even as He is pure, the Bible says. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord is what the Word says. God, search me and look at me and make sure, God, I... God, I can hear You clearly. Because He is talking and He is working even when you can't see it. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, thank You, Jesus. God is working. Sometimes he's he might be working on his time frame and not ours. He might be digging in a little bit on things that we're maybe not so concerned about, but he is. John said, I wish above all things you'd prosper and be in good health even as your soul doth prosper. So when the pressure's on, I say, Lord, look look into my heart again and help me to draw closer to You. Renew me day by day, God, and help me to see what You're working in me. God cares about You. His will, His plan is nothing but good for you. But sometimes it's so easy, our ways are not His ways. I just want to be tuned in and God, You lead me. You lead me through this battle. You lead me through this trial. Help me, Lord, to lean on You.
us, Lord, I pray.